All right. Well, in just a few moments, that's what we'll be doing, but not out in a lake or not uh, in somebody's pool or backyard. We're going to be doing it right here, and uh, in a few moments, we'll have them come in. And yes, the water is decently warm, and yes, nobody's going to have a bunch of water go up their nose. I'm going to make sure that that's happening. But I wanted to show you guys a picture that really means a lot to me, and I want to just start here in this place. Let's go to this slide here. This is our group that went to... Uh, teen Encounter Camp. And this is our teen group that went. And as you can see, Eric there, uh, who just read the scripture for us and is uh, uh, one of the folks that helps so much around here, is there taking the selfie at the selfie wall. And there's a bunch of our kids at about 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Y'all know it's really hard to evoke a smile on a teenager's face at 7 a.m. in the middle of summer uh, on a Sunday morning. Can I get an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's hard enough to get any smile, but definitely on that day. But this, this picture does really mean something special to me, and I want to talk about it. So let's go to our next slide real quickly. And I want to point out, you can see these four arrows. Four of these arrows are pointing to kids that went to our church camp that are going to be baptized today. Isn't that great? So real quickly, uh, I'm going to start with the cute little gal here in the front on the left. This is Abby and then her brother Alex, who's wearing the sunglasses. And he's in the movement. I think he's trying to get his hand up, but he didn't quite get it in time. And then we have Caleb Teague here. And then down on the front, the sweet little gal on the front with the red hair, uh, that is Hannah. So we have four of our five folks that are getting baptized today that went to church camp. Now, you may be saying, okay, so what's the point? The point is that I have been encouraging you guys to send your kids to camp. I've been telling you that it is a life-changing situation. I've been encouraging you that even if you don't have kids to get involved and send and scholarship some of these kids to camp, and this is why. This is exactly why these kids made commitments over the last year and two and even further back to follow Christ with their life, and today we get to celebrate baptism. It is an eternal investment that you guys have made. I want to be sure and pay it off and let you know that you were a part of this. A lot of what's going on today is because of people like you who have sent our kids to camp and been a part of that. So I want to say thank you, and I want to encourage you Next year, when we're talking about sending kids to camp, this is why. This is why, because it is a life-changing thing. And so we're excited to celebrate these kids. And I want to take just a moment as well to just talk about the guy here with the hat that's uh, got the camera going like this. And, he, you know, this is my guy, man. Eric is something else. Some of you guys know Eric very, very well. Some of you may have even raised or given birth to Eric, okay? I, I get this, right? So... Yeah, I know some of you grew up with Eric, and he wasn't a great guy, but he turned into a great guy. Can I get an amen from his sisters in the house, all right? Yeah, Laura's like, yes, that's true. He turned into a great guy, not so great when he was in middle school. But truthfully, he is my right-hand man. So much that we do around here, uh, he's got his fingerprints on it, and I appreciate him. His son is being baptized today. Uh, his niece is being baptized today, and he has been a part of reaching out to these kids, and he has consistently taken off from his own job so he can go and be with the kids as they go to camp. And so, Eric, you might be seeing this or hearing this later. I love you, brother. I appreciate you. And uh, this is the kind of people that 
are, are pouring into the lives of the kids and the teenagers here, and we're just very appreciative for people like Eric. Okay, so very quickly, if you do have your Bibles and you still have them open to Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to go through a few things to explain baptism and the way that we do it here. Now, I want to just say something very quickly. Well, I know that not everybody here is from this particular tradition or a Protestant tradition, and that's fine. I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong. I'm just simply here to explain to you why we do baptism the way that we do it, because sometimes when we do it a little different from one spot to another and one church to another, it feels like, I don't get that. Why is that? You'll hear as we share a couple of scriptures, again, not to change anyone's mind, but to explain why we do things the way that we do. And, uh, and I just want to share those with you, and then we'll talk about what baptism really means. So let's go to our next slide. In Matthew chapter 3, the passage of scripture that Eric read, there's a couple of things that jump out to you. As you read this passage, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 16a, there's a couple of things that I'm going to point out. We baptize not infants but adults. And in this passage of Scripture, you'll see that Jesus made the decision to come from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. And so as Jesus made that decision, he made that decision as a man of about age 30. And so this is why we do baptism for believers later in life rather than infants. Now, I know that that's different than some of the traditions that are here today. No problem. You can believe as you choose to believe, just simply telling you why we're doing what we're doing today. And then our next slide in this same passage of Scripture, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And so here in just a few moments, <laughs> praise God, this is not for me as well. I'm going to be standing behind the baptistry. That means I will get wet. Trust me, I will get wet, but I won't get soaked like the others do. But as we immerse those down into the water and then bring them up. This is a little different than a lot of traditions I know. Some believe in a baptism uh, of a very small sprinkling or even a pouring of water over the head. In this passage of scripture, we see and we believe that the, the word here as he went out, out of the water means that he was in the water with his whole body and then came back up. And so this is why we will be practicing baptism in this way. The reason behind it all is that we are trying our very best to follow an example that Jesus has left for us from the start of his life to the very end. And clearly we cannot emulate and cannot reproduce things like the virgin birth or the miracles that he created. But the way that he lived his life, the way that he loved people, the way that he committed his way to God and everything, those things we can imitate. We will fall short but we want to follow as closely as we possibly can the steps of Christ. And today, part of baptism is that very thing. Jesus was baptized, and so because Jesus was baptized, when I was a young man, I was baptized because I wanted to follow Jesus in every single way that I could. Now, I fell short, and I have even reconsidered the idea of being baptized again as an adult because I think it would mean more to me now. Because I understand what it means to follow the Lord a little bit more than I did when I was young. I realize what Christ has saved me from a little bit more now as a man of age 51, uh, you know, uh, than I did of a kid who was 13, 14 years old. And so I do encourage people to be rebaptized. I remember 
uh, if you'll allow me to just go strolling down memory lane for a minute, I remember my uncle being rebaptized when he was in his mid 40s. And he asked my, my uh, I called him Papa, my granddad on my mom's side, who was a pastor, to baptize him in the New River in West Virginia, where we were celebrating a family reunion. And it was a very special time. And it wasn't because he felt like he needed to be saved again. It was that he just understood what God had done for him and he wanted to celebrate it. He wanted to honor it and he wanted to convey that from this day forward, it's a different me that lives in this life. I'm living in a different way and in a different pattern. And so that's why he was rebaptized. And that's why I do encourage if somebody is interested in being rebaptized, you can get in touch with me. We would encourage you to do that if that is what you choose and what God is laying on your, on your heart. Let's keep moving. As we go here, I just want you to know this is not us, okay? Yeah, I know some of y'all are like, I'm not sure about all this. I mean, it's a little different. This is not us, okay? Now, I didn't know there was a camera taking a picture, first of all, and no, <laughs> it's not like this. I know some of y'all have uh, fears about us Baptists. It ain't quite just like this, but anyway, let's keep moving here. Hey, at least I got a smile and a laugh. All right, so what exactly is baptism? And you guys may or may not know, how many of you guys have ever heard of the, the church called Hill Songs or the band called Hill Song or something? Have you all heard that? It's actually a church that began uh, down in Australia. And they have a, a website, and this is having to do with their faith uh, statement rather than their songs. But they wrote something that I thought was so good. And some people, they don't necessarily uh, know or understand exactly how baptism fits in with salvation. And, and I know that some people come from a tradition where you, you must be baptized in order to be saved. And so let me just share this with you because I thought it was just so beautiful. And this is taken directly from the website that you see here. It, it's, it says this, baptism is a symbol. It's meant to show the world that you love and trust and have put your hope in Christ. It's like a wedding ring. Any of y'all wearing wedding rings? Can I see them? Shelly, you better be putting your hand up. That's right. I'm wearing mine that I used to be able to take off when I was 19. Whew. Y'all try to get this off. It's going to take the jaws of life these days. But here's what they say. Let's say that I'm not married right now. If I put a wedding ring on my finger, would it make me married? No, of course not. Similarly, I can be baptized in a church, but that doesn't make me a true believer in Jesus. But imagine I really was married, though. And this is written from a woman's perspective. She says, my husband and I really did go through the marriage ceremony, but I didn't have a wedding ring on my finger. Would that mean I wasn't married? No. Of course, I would still be married, but similarly, I can be a believer in Christ, but not yet baptized, and my sins are still paid for and still forgiven by God. But imagine that I was married, and I really, really loved my husband. Would I wear my wedding ring? Of course. I would love my husband, and I would want the whole world to know it. And in the same way, if I have trusted Christ to save me from my sin... And he is the Lord and joy of my life. Then I want everyone to know about it. So baptism is a statement to everyone who sees it that I have turned my trust to Christ for my salvation and I am committed to living for him. So that is a way that you can understand what baptism is just a little bit better. Let's go to our next slide. 
Here is the big idea for you guys. And for those of you who are here for the very first time, I try to just say one thing that you can always remember. And, uh, and we leave it up on the screen. I even say it a couple of times because repetition is the key to learning and all that stuff. So baptism states your intent and your intensity to follow Christ's commands and example. You guys understand what I'm saying there? In other words, this is my intent and this is how committed I am, my intensity to follow through with what I've said I'm going to do. Baptism states your intent and your intensity to follow Christ's commands and example. Would you guys say this with me on the count of three? All right, ready? One, two, three. Baptism states your intent and your intensity to follow Christ's commands and example. So now you know the big idea. Let's keep moving and talk about what baptism is. Now, I want to warn you, I'm going to hit the third point here on these baptisms and somebody is going to get so offended they're going to get up and walk out that's not true it's one of the parents is going to go get their kids and get them ready for baptism but yeah i just yeah i thought i'd make it awkward (laughs) no in, in just a few moments you'll see a couple of parents getting up and going and getting their kids prepared because as soon as we're done talking here we're going to go straight into the baptism and make sure that it just kind of flows but we're going to talk for just a moment or two about what baptism was. Whenever we talk about John the Baptist and what we read there in, Mar, uh, in Matthew chapter 3, first of all, it was a recognition of a need for repentance of sin. It was a recognition for a need for repentance from sin. Now, let me just share something with you. I'm a pastor's son. I'm a preacher's kid. So you know that I understand the need for repentance. Can I get an amen? Any of y'all grow up with a preacher's kid? Yeah, exactly, right? Here's the truth. The truth is, is that I don't have to tell you that you and I need repentance. Probably don't have to convince you of your need for a Savior because you live with you. And I live with me. And so I don't have to be convinced that I need a Savior. I already know it. The question is, who will I turn to for that forgiveness that I know already that I need. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Y'all hear what I mean? The truth of the matter is, is that you don't have to convince me that I need forgiveness. I know it. I live with it every single day. And even as a person who has been forgiven, I already know still yet that I need God's forgiveness. And I thank God that Lamentations 3 exists where he says, His mercies are new every morning. He forgives each and every time I need him to forgive. That is who God is. That is an everlasting love that does not stop because I have not been as faithful as I should have been. And so I already know I need somebody to give me repentance. But let's stop for a second. And let's think about what these Jewish people who saw a guy standing in the middle of the Jordan River, what they were thinking when they saw that and what they were hearing whenever they heard him preach. You see, back in those days, what they thought would bring them repentance was an animal sacrifice, and it was done about once a year. And so as that happened, they would think, okay, well, my sin is postponed for one more year. And then they'd go back again. Passover would hit probably around March. And when that would happen, they would say, okay, My sins have been forgiven one more time and postponed for one more year. But the beautiful thing that I have to share with you is, is that just as we know it, it's the same condition they had 2,000 years ago. 
when John is sitting there in the middle of the Jordan River, and I can see it in my mind, you know, up to his waist, and he says, I'm calling on you to repent and walk away from the sins that you have. He didn't have to convince them of the sins that they had either because they lived with them, and he lived with him. And he already knew who he was, so he also knew who they were. You see what I'm saying? The human condition hasn't changed. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have cars. They didn't have the things that we have and the things that we enjoy. They didn't have AC or anything like that. But they were in very many ways the same exact people that we were and that we are today. They have the same need of a Savior. And so instead of them waiting from March to March to feel that feeling of clean and that burden being lifted from their shoulders and that heavy heart being taken away, John called out to them and said, you can experience that right now through something called repentance and turning your eyes in faith on Jesus and the thing that he will do when the Messiah comes. And so what he was sharing with them, we already know we need. They did too. And people were coming to him in droves and saying, whatever you're talking about, it's like you're talking straight to me. It's like you're poking me right in the chest. And you're talking about things that I need to hear the answer to. You guys hear what I'm saying? That's what was going on. And they came in droves and he baptized them and brought them out of the water, and they were changed. They lived a different life. It was no longer a ritual. It was an actual relationship with God. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know who you are. I don't know your background. I don't know what you've experienced or haven't experienced, but I will tell you that if you know what a ritual is, that doesn't mean that you've experienced the relationship. It's a big difference, and it's a huge, dramatic thing that is very, very different. And I want to encourage you that Jesus came and walked among us, not so he could say, ritual's good, <laughs> keep doing that. He said, no, 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 I, I want to give you an opportunity to feel clean and whole and righteous in God's sight, not because you were perfect, but because I am perfect and I will lay down my life for your sins, Randy Puckett, your sins. And I will forgive you if you will just simply ask me. And thank God I asked him a long time ago, but thank God I can still ask him today again. That I don't have to wait until Sunday to Sunday. And I don't have to wait until somebody comes and says, you know what, you've been forgiven. The truth is, is that I can be forgiven because Jesus has forgiven me. All I have to do is turn to look at him in faith. This is what it meant. It was a recognition of a need for a repentance of sin. You have it. I have it. None of us have escaped it. And so we still need God's forgiveness and that Savior that he came to be. Let's talk about what else baptism is. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Sorry, meant to say this too. Confessing their sins. And then you see the word there in the passage of Scripture, if you're still reading it in your Bible app or in your Bible, it says they. But what the word they is a shortened form. It's a pronoun for people from Jerusalem and Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. So all of these people from Jerusalem and Judea and the whole region of Jordan are coming and confessing their sins and being baptized by him. That's John the Baptist in the Jordan River. But when he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming out to where he was baptizing, he said to them, 
You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, it's not just simply enough to say you need a Savior. It's time for you to turn your life over to Him. Leave the ritual behind and begin once again the relationship that God had had with us when He first created us. It is a making whole of the things that He once had. Let's go to our next slide here. What baptism was, it was a recognition of a need for repentance, but it was also that real-life commitment to going deeper in your relationship with God. Let's go to our next slide as well. And here in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, you're going to hear me quote this in a minute. Whenever I put the people down and bring them back up, and they won't be down for long, okay? Don't, don't anybody get too worried. I'll put them down and bring them back up, and they'll probably not hear when I say this, but I'm going to say, basically, you're buried with him in baptism and being raised to newness of life. The reason I say that is just straight from Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may be raised to new life. And so that is going to be happening in just a moment. Let's go to our next slide. And thirdly, and parents, you can get ready. It was a symbol of what was yet coming. It was a symbol of what was yet to come. Let's go to our, you know, our final scripture that we see here in this passage. John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I am, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. In other words, when he's talking to these people here, he's saying, I'm here to share with you repentance, but there is one that's coming that's going to share even more, and he's going to transform you from the inside out through the Holy Spirit being in your life. And this is what baptism kind of symbolizes, dying to self and being raised in a brand new life. Let's keep moving here. Jesus came from Galilee and to the Jordan. He was going to be baptized by John. John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me? But Jesus replied, let it be so now for it's proper for us to do all of this to fulfill all righteousness. So John consented and as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And so let me just stop right here very quickly. If you don't know who John the Baptist is, let me tell you that John the Baptist, according to Jesus, was one of the people who was the most holy among people that had ever been born. I believe that you might even look and find that passage of Scripture in the book of Matthew. He says, I'm here to tell you that those born among women, you've never seen anybody who's better than John the Baptist. That's pretty powerful words. Wouldn't you say that's a pretty good compliment? Okay, so stop for a second. That's who Jesus comes up to and says, would you baptize me? And he goes, I can't baptize you. I need to be baptized by you. So the greatest human being that ever lived before Jesus even does a single public miracle says to Jesus, I can't baptize you. I need to be baptized by you. This just tells us that compared to God, no matter how holy or good we think we are, we're not comparing ourselves to the one who is truly holy, the one who is truly righteous. It is God that we compare ourselves to, and because of that, we can be forgiven because of who he is. And don't miss this very quickly. 
Before Jesus did a single thing in his ministry, John the Baptist declared he was not worthy to baptize Jesus, but that he was in need of being baptized by him. And then this is John's testimony. It's up here on the screen from John chapter 1. John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself didn't know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I have testified that this is God's chosen one. This is John's way of saying, I didn't even know that he was the Messiah, but now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I've seen the dove descending and I've heard the voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son whom I love, in him I am well pleased. And that is what baptism is all about. Let's go to our next slide here. I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to do an I apply by and then one more don't miss this. So just check this out very quickly. How do you apply this message? It's just this easy. You do what John the Baptist preached. First, you repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then secondly, you produce fruit that keeps with uh, repentance. In other words, Repent because you know you need it and come to the Lord who can actually forgive and go forward in your life in a way that just honors the Lord that says, hey, I am living a different kind of life because I am now a new creation. The passage of scripture from 2 Corinthians that I mentioned earlier, he says to us, he says, uh, behold, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And this is how we honor what God has done for us by producing fruit that keeps with the repentance that we have shared. Now, I want to just talk with you for just a moment. I want you to notice something, and this is the final slide that I've got before we pray and have everyone come in. But I want to go to our final slide here, and this is the second, don't miss this. Before Jesus did a single thing in his ministry, God declared This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't do a thing. And yet God had said, I am pleased with him. Now why does that matter and why is that important? Here's what I would share with you. If you're a person who says to me, well, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the things that I've been involved in. You don't know what my life is like. I would just simply say in the same way that God looks at his son and before he does the things that are right or wrong, he already loves him. God loves you no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. It does not matter. And your life in the past can remain in the past and his forgiveness can forgive everything that you've ever done. But he loves you. He cares about you. He declares over you, you are my child and I love you. And so I encourage you today, if you've never experienced this, just know that this is what God wants for you and for me. That this is all about forgiveness and new life. And if you've never experienced it, I can think of no better day than today to experience that very thing. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would be with us and that you would help all of us who need that repentance to come to you and to seek you and to find that forgiveness that we have found nowhere else, but yet we know that we desperately need. 
And so God, in the process of all that we are doing, I just ask that you would speak to those here today whose hearts are far from you, but they want to draw close. Speak to them, draw them in. May you provide for them the forgiveness that they're seeking. And may they know that they have the smile of heaven and the approval of God the Father even before they turn back to you. You love them so much that you sent your son. So God, as we celebrate baptism from going from death to life, may that happen for someone today. Not just those that we're celebrating, but for someone that is here. Be with them, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.